Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast, a community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and His Kingdom. How's everybody doing? Good? All right, good. Let's get dive right into the scripture. Let's go ahead. We're in Matthew uh, 21. 18 through 22. So if you guys have a Bible, um, we have Bibles up here. Anyone need a Bible? You good? Yeah, here we go. Um, so let's all read aloud. I've, I've said it before. When you, we read, uh, when you read it visually and you say it out loud, there's two parts of our brain that, that learn at the same time and so helps us absorb it more. So let's go. Now in the morning... When he was returning to the city, he became hungry. This is Jesus. Seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it except leaves only. And he said to it, no longer shall there ever be any fruit from you. And at once the fig tree withered. Seeing this, the disciples were amazed and asked, how did the fig tree wither all at once? And Jesus answered and said to them, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will happen. And all things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Powerful, powerful stuff. Bill, can we leave up the first part, the fig tree part? Um, so this is, there's, there's two points here. There's the, there's the fig tree story and then there's the mountain moving prayer story, all right? So we're going to find the through line of that, and, and so stay with me. If you guys have any questions, I know it's humbling to ask a question, but we're all, we're all learning right here, so we're, we're such a small group, we can ask questions here, so, um, so if, if you're not tracking. Um, so Jesus gets, gets serious right now. He gets very serious. He just cleaned out the temple. He just went into the temple, the holy place of God, overturned tables, made a whip, and started whipping people to kick them out, these money changers who were, who were, not, who were just bringing a, a, bad, a bad vibe to the, to the temple to, in the short story. Um, and now he's, he's shriveling up a, an innocent fig tree. Like, why is he doing this? I think the, the, the lesson here is that God hates pretense. He hates pretense. All right, so fig trees, Middle Eastern ones especially, they, they produce figs and leaves at the same time, the same time. So if you see a fig tree that has leaves on it, most likely it has fruit on it. So this one just has the leaves and no fruit. So there's something, something's off here. And it's, it's almost similar to how he treats the religious elite and how he treats people who, who go to church and who like do a lot of good things because it's like they're hiding behind this this veneer of leaves and hiding the fact that they don't have any fruit as opposed to like we've heard about with kids in, in a couple of chapters back kids they don't hide things they're very honest with how they feel they're very honest with where they are but as we get older we learn to hide more and the parallel here is that we have leaves that are that are hiding the fact that we don't have fruit and so the question that's going to come up today over and over is is what are you using to hide behind? Because those things, just like in, when you prune a tree, you cut away the leaves so that there's more energy and nutrients left over to bring more fruit to the tree, you know? 
Same thing with us. I think we spend so much energy and time creating this veneer of leaves because we're, we're afraid of what people think. We're, we're afraid of what God thinks. We're, we're, we're so focused on our own lack that we just spend so much energy and nutrients producing the leaves rather than letting God produce fruit. So we'll, we'll get to that. Um, and fruit, okay, what, what is fruit? What, what, is, what is the fruit he's talking about, the parallel here? What's the, the, par- the parallel is, uh, the Bible talks about uh, fruit of the Spirit. And, and the, the fruit of the Spirit has all these aspects. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. All those things are in this, are, are embody what the fruit is that God produces in us. But to simplify that, to simplify that down, it's pretty much, I think, I, I would call fruit any byproduct of spending time with God. Any byproduct of, of being connected or close to God. That's the, that's the thing that, that resonates with me. So let's move on to the second half. Uh, the mountains, um, moving the mountains. Sorry, how does that connect? He said, Jesus gives us huge authority here, a huge promise. He says, you can tell that mountain to be removed and cast into the sea. Huge, huge stuff. I, I just did some, some shoveling the other day. It's hard to shovel a little amount of dirt, let alone a, a giant mountain, okay? So it, it's, it's craziness. But, um, oh, I forgot about the, the um, announcements. Yeah, next week, uh, Saturday morning at 8 a.m., uh, we're going to we'll all meet here, and uh, we're going to do a mountain-moving party. We're just going to move the Santa Monica Mountains over a couple of feet. Uh, so bring a water. It's, it's, you know, it's a little work, but... Um, why don't we have that? Why don't we have mountain moving parties? Why is there a lack of fruit in our life? Like why are, and the, the answer to these things, I think is a, it's a symptom, these are two symptoms of a common problem. And it's lack of intimacy with God. It's lack of connection to God. Cut and dry, that's the through line of this thing. If we get anything out of this talk, it's, it's, if there's anything wrong in your life, it's, it can be resolved or at least spoken to or comforted by closeness to God. So how does that, how does that happen? How do, how do we do that? Um, oh yeah, another thing too, yeah. Uh, in, in John, Jesus talks about, he's like, you produce fruit by abiding in me, remaining in me. He, see, he, calls, he, says, he said, I'm the, va- the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain or abide in me produce fruit. So it, it's, it seems simple. It seems very simple. Like we, we go to church, we, we stay close to God. We pray, we stay close to God. It's, it's a simple, right? Simple. Well, if the relationship is way more complicated than that. And I should know, I just got married this year, and it is tough. It is tough stuff. Um, but there, there's something about uh, when you're living in close quarters with someone, there's going to be conflict no matter what. And it's what you do with that conflict, right? It's what you do with that conflict. Like, we can, we can stay married, we can stay living together, but I could be sleeping on the couch, and that's actually not going to produce any human fruit. If I'm sleeping on the couch at night, that's not going to produce any human fruit. I mean babies. Yeah. <laughs> human, human fruit, you know? <laughs> babies. Um, that's, it's not going to produce it. And, and, it's, and, and, you, and, and from the outside, though, people would say, oh, yeah, look, look at you guys. Like, you, you guys are uh, you're living together. You're married, so the thing must be great. And I think the same thing happens with our relationship with God. It's like, oh, you're going to church? You're, you're doing, like... Going to Bible studies sometimes, I even saw you feed the homeless. That's, wow, things must be great. You must be really close with God. And there's, it's not necessarily an indication of that. And there's, there's I, I would say that the symptoms, these two symptoms of not having fruit and not moving mountains 
are, are related to the lack of intimacy. And it sounds weird, like being in God's bed, the, the idea of, of, of intimacy with God, but it's, I'm, we'll unpack that there. We'll get, we'll get to that. So having that union, having that connection produces fruit, and that's what God wants with us. And it's the only way to do it. Like there's, we, can, we, can not, we can try to fake fruit. We can try to fake our faith, but it's, 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 it's pointless, and it's such a waste of time. And, and there's so many things. I, I mean, I think of the, all the leaves we have in our lives, I think of the leaves that I have in my life. I mean, gosh, like, it's even, even teaching right now, that, that can be a leaf because it's like, oh, you, you guys don't know what's really going on in my life. You guys have no idea. I, I, could, be, I could be struggling, doubting God. I could be hating God right now, but, but I, I could just be covering it, you know? But the, the proof is in, is in the fruit. Like what happens after? What happens in all our lives from being together and being connected to God? So... Um, and, and that leads me into to like my, yeah, my relationship to God. Like, um, so I learned to start fighting with God and struggling with God. Israel, the, the name Israel means struggles with God and, and wrestles with God. That's what Jacob did. You know, Jacob wrestled with God. And when I learned to start doing that, it, it opened up a new, a new level of intimacy with God. When I learned to start like challenging him on things or even questioning him, which feels so weird to the master of the universe, the one who's the most powerful being in all creation, but it, it created a relationship. It created something. And actually, one of my best friends the other day who doesn't go to church, doesn't believe in God, he, he said, he's like, that's one of the things that marks your relationship the most, I think, with God. Is like, I feel like you're always in conflict about it. You're always in conflict. And I felt bad about that, but then I was like, you know what, that, that, maybe that's partially a good thing. I mean, there's, there's, there's something about that. Um, but I'd say the biggest problem I have with God, there's a lot of problems I have with God, but um, the biggest problem is um, I don't like the way things are in this world. I don't like the fact that, that 50 people just died by, by a murder. I don't like the fact that there's sexual assault on all these college campuses and across the world. I don't like the fact that there's human trafficking. And I know the logical explanation. I know that the, the, the whole Adam and Eve story about we, we chose our own way. We, we, we separate ourselves from God. And there's sin in this world and he allows choice. I know all that. I know that. But I don't like it. I don't like the way the world is. I know he has the power to change it. But there's some, some reason, something I don't understand about God, why he's not doing it. And this has been about a decade-long battle I've had with him. And it's so... It, it, it's the prime conditions to separate myself from him. I want to sleep on the couch so much of the time with God. I won't leave his house because I know he's God. I, 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 I know he's real. But I, I'm not going to get in that bed. I'm not gonna, I don't want to get close to him. But there's something, just like when, when, when I'm with Jill and like, like I think it's just a season, but like, I, I've been wrong most of the time in the last like, couple months. <laughs> I, mean, I hope it'll change. But even being wrong, even being wrong, like, I, 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 can, I can feel like I, just, I don't want to go toward her. Like, we're, we're in the middle of a fight, and I don't want to go toward her. There's something that's like, like this, that I can't, it's, it, this nameless thing that makes me, but then sometimes I'll just, I'll just walk toward her, and, I'll just, and, and, and some resolution will happen, and some comfort will happen. We may even agree on, on the issue. I may even agree I'm wrong yet. Eventually, I do. But, but, but I may not even agree I'm wrong yet, but, but, there's, but, but some connection happens. Some connection happens. And I feel like that is relationship, is this infinity sign of fighting and making up, fighting and making up. And 
and like I said, I've, I've not, I'm not resolved this thing, this issue I have with God, this, this main issue I have with God, I've got a lot of other issues, but like, I haven't resolved this yet, but there's been so many times of immense intimacy and comfort I've had with him over the years, through that decade, that's been, that's produced massive fruit, and that's actually touched me in such powerful ways, and if we can just go toward him and, and, just, and just try to and wrestle with him and, and actually, and actually like go into this relationship that's, that's confusing and doesn't make sense sometimes, refreshment will happen, fruit will happen, and I believe mountains will move. And it's just so, it's so easy just to stay on the couch though. And it seems so safe and just comfortable to stay on the couch. One of the biggest parts of, uh, of any relationship, or even especially with God, is, that, um, is repenting. And I think it's an archaic word. It's, we don't use it much, but repent. And it sounds harsh, and, it, and we don't understand it fully, but uh, it's pretty much, like, like the definition is reversing course, okay? It's making a U-turn. It's like turning back to God. Um, but in a, in a summary, it's, it's almost agreeing with God what, what he says about himself and, and, and what he says about us. It's just agreeing with God. It's simple as that. And, and I think that's the, uh, that's the key to abiding with him because, and, and having intimacy and producing this fruit and, this, and moving these mountains. Because a lot of times I'm like, uh, I'll be like, okay, we're, we're cool, we're cool, but we haven't really resolved it. You know? not, not that I've logically resolved it, but there's, there's, a, there's a heart missing. I, I'm separating myself from him a little bit. But there's, there's some process. Uh, John the Baptist even says, when he, when he first came on the scene uh, before Jesus, he said, produce fruit by keeping with repentance. And repentance, like, even though it's so humiliating at times, I've said this before about I hate U-turns when, when I'm driving. I, I, know, I, know the, I know the city really well, so I rarely make them. But, like, I hate making U-turns. It feels so humbling to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm going the exact opposite direction. And I got especially when it's on a tiny street and you can't even flip a fun U-turn, you have to, like, do a, a three-point turn, like an Austin Powers turn. And it's so humiliating because it feels so counterproductive and it's such a clear admission of wrong. Um, but, uh, but if my eyes are, are off my own driving and my own capability on, on knowing L.A., and my eyes are on the destination... It's, I'm not even thinking about a U-turn. I'm just like, oh, I want to I get there. So maybe that's, that's one of the problems is, is that we're, we're so focused on ourselves. We're regarding ourselves instead of regarding God. We're re- regarding is, a, is an old, it's an old French word, and it takes uh, guard. Actually, it, it actually is the to guard something. And then, uh, and then re has a, like an aggressive, intensive sense to it. So regarding something is like an intensively watch something and guard something. So when you regard someone, and I think we're so glued in on our own lives and our own sin, our own shortcomings, our own failures, our own lack of fruit in our life, and and we're so focused on, I'm so focused on my lack of faith, my my level of experience with God, like, oh, yeah, yeah, God can can heal this, but he can't heal that because I haven't seen him do it. We're so, like, focused on our own small Three-dimensional experience when God has this multi-dimensional plan and promise and viewpoint. And if we can just get off of ourselves on that, oh, gosh. And that's what helps about being in community, too. I, I, I love being around people. I'm also an extrovert, but I love being around people because I, I stop thinking about myself so much. And because when I think about myself, that's when I get depressed. That's when I get down. That's when I get, get in this, this uh, when I start focusing on the minutiae that doesn't even matter. 
Um, yeah. And, and we can, it's, it's, it's on us, okay? This whole thing is on us, but there's something, I'd say 5 to 10% you know, as a community we can do better at this too. We can do better at, at making it a safe place to not hide. Making it a safe place to not hide. I remember my, uh, my, I changed schools in third grade, and, uh, and I didn't know anybody, and, and, I, I was, and I was an only child, too, so I didn't have brothers and sisters, like, censoring me and telling me I'm stupid. So I, I, just, I just was very free with myself, very, and we were doing a math problem in class, and some girl raised her hand, and we were like, oh, how much do you weigh? And she was like 40 pounds, and I was like, okay. And then they asked me, and I'm like eight years old, but I was a big kid, and, he was like, and I'm like, 80 pounds. And the whole entire class goes, fat. They all turned around and looked at me and went, it was like, even the kindest, kind Christian boy, I wasn't a Christian yet, the kind Christian boy even turned around and fat. And oh my gosh, I can remember it like it was yesterday. It's so clear as day. And that's the, of course, after that, you just want to hide. You don't want to talk about your weight. You don't want to talk about anything after that. And I think we can do better in our community about just being a safe place that like, none of, none of us have fruit here on our own. It's all God's fruit. Okay, if we do have fruit, it's God's fruit. If we don't have fruit, that's okay. But let's get rid of the effing leaves. Let's get rid of the leaves that take away all our energy and our nutrients and, and all, all the, the time that we could be really growing something. Let's get rid of all that. Because it's, it's, just, it's just preventing us and hiding us from, from intimacy with each other and intimacy with God. And, and that's just the whole thing with Adam and Eve. It's odd. You know, like they, they eat this fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And they, they immediately are aware that there's almost like this covering that was taken away from them. And, and they, they're aware of their nakedness. And so what the first thing they do is they cover, they hide. God, they hear God's walking through the garden, and they hide. And they cover themselves with fig leaves, ironically enough. And these fig leaves, even, even more interesting enough, obviously they're, they're covering the parts that make fruit. They're covering the parts that actually create fruit and intimacy. And I think that's exactly what we do in life. There's so many times, and since that point in time, I've, we've all, as a human race, have tried to cover ourselves with accomplishments, with, with, uh, with, with busyness, with work, um, with, with whatever you can, whatever is apart from God, we try to cover. Mary and Martha, there's a story of these two sisters who knew Jesus. And Jesus comes to their house, the Savior. They believe he's the Savior. And Mary sits at the feet of Jesus and just starts listening and just is captivated. But they're going to eat too, though. So Martha's like stuck in the kitchen making all the preparations, doing all this stuff. And, and, and then finally she tells Jesus, like, hey, tell my sister to help me. She's, you know, and Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is best. It will not be taken from her. You are worried and concerned about many things, but only one thing is needed. And I think... Martha was just concerned about leaves. You could say, oh, she was being a hostess. She was doing a good thing. But was it really about Jesus? Was it really about like, giving him the best? Or was it, was it about her wanting to look like she's giving him the best? Or her wanting to know that like, the whole village will say, oh, wow, Martha made a nice meal for Jesus, the Savior. What was it about? I don't know. We don't know. But I just wonder like, how much of the work in our life is, is leaves and, and, is, and is not just sitting at the feet of Jesus, which feels so counterproductive sometimes and feels so, like it doesn't make sense. Repenting, turning. Look at that cross right there. 
I'm either looking at you or I'm looking at the cross. That's God's statement to the world right there. The thing we forget about, the thing we talk about, the thing that... But that, it all comes back to that. Because it says who he is the most. It says how powerful he is that he defeated death. It says how loving he is toward us because he, he gave his only son to die for us. He was to suffer when he didn't, he didn't have to do that. But when I look at that, when I get off my eyes off my problems and my, my eyes off my experience of what God has done in my life, and I look at that, I'm like, oh, pardon my French, but shit, we can move mountains. We can move mountains. We, we, we can stop. And, and he's talking about obviously more than mountains, okay? Because now if you go to a mine these days, we move mountains with technology. But it, he's talking about bigger things than mountains. What would it look like if, if ISIS, the, uh, uh, if a revival broke out in ISIS? What would lo- that look like? It seems impossible to me. It's not impossible. What would it look like to see to have the, this, this war just dissipate because there's an outbreak of some kind of revival going on in the Middle East amongst, amongst this, this militant Islamic group? What would it look like to, to, to see d- diseases cured? What would it look like to, 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 to be laughing and hugging the person who hurt you the most in your life or the person you hurt the most in your life. When I look at myself and my own experience in the world, and and I I don't see that, but when I look at the cross, when I repent and turn and regard the cross, it's so much different. And anything is possible. Anything is possible with that kind of God. Our lives are so much a reaction to, to our own inadequacy as opposed to being a reaction to God's love and power toward us. All right, I'm going to do, do an exercise here. Can, you, can anyone see this chair right here? Can anyone see this? Um, I want us to, to spend 30 seconds, 45 seconds trying to move this chair right here, Okay. I want you also to pray for this chair to move. It may seem pointless, but let's, let's try praying for it, okay? You can pray to yourself in, within your own heart, but let's, let's concentrate it. You can close your eyes if you want. Let's pray to move this chair. Okay, it didn't move. That's okay. When I first saw Star Wars when I was a kid, and I and actually it was, I think it was Empire Strikes Back, I saw Luke Skywalker raise a uh, an X-wing fighter out of the swamp. Spoiler alert. Um, and, and it occurred to me that I'm like, I've never tried that. I've never tried to move something. Like no one's ever told me that that, that I could possibly move something. And, and I said, what if, what if I what if I can do that? What if, what if I, just, I just never, never tried, so how do I know? And so I started trying to do it, and then I kind of gave up after a couple months, but like trying to move things and move, move objects. But I think there's something, there's something there. Like just in that 30 seconds, too, we're connecting neurons in our brain and creating a framework of possibility, a framework of expectation that maybe, maybe that can happen someday. 
Maybe you're gonna be, you're gonna be on the road and you're gonna see an accident and a car is gonna be... <sighs> a car is gonna be trapped, trapping somebody and you're gonna get them out because you pray this crazy prayer and get them out of there. And no one can explain it. And the fire department's like, what happened? Maybe that's gonna be you someday. But let's start thinking about the potential, what he said right there. It's not about our own faith, okay? The person who freaks out getting on a plane and, the per- and who's nervous the whole time on a plane and the person who's asleep on a plane both get to the same destination. They put their faith, it's the object of their faith. Tim Keller says this, it's the object of their faith, not the quality of their own faith. They both got on the plane and they get there because of the staff and the plane itself, not because of their own faith in themselves. That's how they get there. We can move things even with doubt. Okay, when he's talking about doubt there, it's something like, like doubting that God is, is real as opposed to doubting God can do something. So let's get our eyes off of our own faith. Let's, let's get our eyes off of our own inabilities and our sin and look at the cross, at the potential there. Yeah. He can move mountains. All right, we're going to do a little ministry time here. So, um, uh, Josiah, if you mind playing some little ambient music, ambient music. Um. And Jesus talks about, uh, about prayer sometimes, about how we can be like a, he can, he can seem like an unjust judge because he's, sometimes prayer doesn't get answered right away. And sometimes it takes years and decades, and I don't understand it, I don't know, but there's something about showing up and asking and trying to move mountains and, it's, and trying and taking chances in life and taking chances despite everything that, we, that holds us back. So we can see that first question up. So let's think about some of these things. What are we using to cover our own nakedness in our life, our own inability? And the next one. Where are you doubting God? Where in your life do you feel that there's something you don't think he can do? And this one, if you feel comfortable, I'd like you to close your eyes and I'll just read it. If you close your eyes. If you could picture God right in front of you, his presence, whatever that represents to you, and all his love shed on the cross for you, and that power that can raise the dead, that can speak the heavens and the earth into existence, that power right before you. Now I want you to imagine a situation in your life that feels impossible. Something that feels hopeless. And place that before him. Now I want you to to have an image of 
of what, it, what that resolution might look like? What would be the ideal situation in that circumstance you brought before him? What would be the, whether it's laughing and hugging with someone who has hurt you or you've hurt, whether it's walking pain-free, whether it's freedom from anxiety, freedom from addiction, freedom from fear, whether it's connecting with a family member, whether it's laughing, just laughing. You imagine what that could be like. Let's ask God to give us the faith to pursue intimacy with him. If you're angry with God today, say, God, help me with my anger toward you. Help me with my fear. And help me with my disappointment. Help my unbelief.